Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enlightened Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Alex. I hope you are having a great day. Uh, I definitely am having a great day. I just meditated for like an hour with some uh, birds chirping in the background because we're having some amazing weather today. Anyway, we're not just having amazing weather today. I have a fucking amazing podcast episode for you today. I don't know if you are listening to, to this podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or if you're watching this on YouTube, I recommend watching it because then well, we can see each other a little bit more, right? And uh, today I have a very special guest and I'm actually gonna read you some of the stuff uh, that we are talking, that we talk about in the podcast because I definitely want to sell you on this podcast, right? Like if you just started listening, I want you to listen to this podcast in its entirety because um, this man, let me just, let me just read, read you my, my introduction and some of the topics that we talked about. So Luke is actually the, the, um, the man who gave me my first five gram hero's doses uh, magic mushroom experience in Amsterdam. And that's how I, um, well, that's how I met him, right? We talked a couple times and he has a very interesting story. He's the founder and CEO of Psychedelic Insights in Amsterdam, where I also did this magic mushroom journey and he used to be a Royal Netherlands Marine Corps, so he's a veteran and he's going to tell you a little bit about this in today's podcast and also some fucked up crazy stories. I mean, you have to be a pretty big badass to not just make it into the Marine Corps, but actually stay there for a couple of years in, during active duty, so that's some crazy shit. And uh, he, he turned into a serial entrepreneur and today he's a plant medicine advocate entrepreneur, an ocean sailor, mountaineer, and also a rainforest explorer. So he has a lot of different facets in his personality as well as, of course, he's a father. And he used to be a therapist and public speaker and gave more than 40 talks on emotional health and well-being in uh, the youth prisons in the Netherlands where some of the most, well, serious offenders um, have to spend their time, right? And he showed them more about their emotional well-being and how to handle the internal stuff. So he's a man you can definitely learn a lot from. And let me just read you a couple of the story of the topics we are talking about in the podcast so you know if this is interesting for you. I I guess it is. Like I like I said, I really want to sell you on this podcast because this is an amazing episode. So he talks about his experience we talk about his experience in the Marines. We talk about his 10 years of just backpacking through the world, his way to becoming an entrepreneur and investor, his way into psychedelics, right? He was overworked, stressed, and his whole psychedelic experience, his whole journey, how he uh, sailed through the oceans, <laughs> through the whole world pretty much, and spent five days in a Force 9 storm where the ship slowly disintegrated, and he survived. So we talk about the psychedelic use in history, like with figures like Marcus Aurelius or the old Greeks, psychedelics in the modern world and the future of it. We talk about emotional health. What does it actually mean to be a man? Right? I mean, what better person to talk about this than with somebody who used to be a special soldier, right? And now is a psychedelic advocate. And we also talk about why it is so, so important to follow your heart and why our rational mind limits us and why we in the Western world lost contact with our soul. So, there's a lot that we are covering in this episode and, well, 
With this being said, if you like this podcast, share it. If you like this podcast, rate it on Apple, on Spotify, on YouTube. Like, like this, you help me spread the word, right? And if you like it, then I bet some of your friends or colleagues or your wife, your husband, whatever, enjoys this as well. Anyway, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Have fun and um, looking forward to your comments on this podcast. Just text me on Instagram at Alexander Waller or just write it in the comments on YouTube. And now, enjoy. All right, brother. Happy to, very happy to have you here. Actually, my, my, my first uh, international podcast guest and uh, it's pre pretty cool that 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 we uh, that we could make it to to sit down because um, I probably I, I probably I better say it here instead of the intro. Uh, you were a big reason, or you were the reason actually why I started my psychedelic journey, right? I I um, I think I told you that I was looking for the for the perfect situation where I would say, hey, if I if I can get guidance by a psychologist, uh, I would do it. Well, and then you showed up, and suddenly there were two psychologists yeah, that were uh, <laughs> that, that were guiding me. Yeah. And yeah, brother, um, thanks for taking the time, um, and also thanks for um, yeah showing me this wonderful world of psychedelics. And first of all, how are you, brother? How's how's life in in the Netherlands right now? It's uh, rainy but uh, gloomy, uh, but uh, life's good. Um, We are very pleased that uh, that there are still a lot of clients coming in from abroad to to have these type of experiences, and uh, yeah. we're pleased that we can uh, help them, you know, do it safely and uh, yeah. experiences. And uh, yeah, working hard on uh, re-establishing a center, working hard on finishing a documentary about a retreat that we did this summer. Oh damn! Yeah, and. Um, so that will really make an impact, I think. And yeah, so yeah, a lot of exciting things are, are happening still. And uh, so it's all good. I'm looking forward to the new year so we can really uh, put the rubber on the road. Yeah, man. Is it the document? Uh, I think you told me about it when I was in Amsterdam. Is it the same documentary or is it yeah, I think so. the one with... Yeah, it's uh, well. The teaser is already out, uh, and it's a documentary about the veteran retreat that we did this summer in uh, September. Nice. And, uh, it was really based on interviews we did between two sessions. But yeah. After the first session, already the interviews, you know, they are so impactful. Yeah, I bet. So uh, yeah, we just had really, really good uh, feedback on the on the little bit that was public. And so we're looking very confident of making a really interesting uh, event. Uh, nice. Premiere the, 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 the documentary uh, and see if we can get a, a cross-disciplinary panel discussion about psychedelics uh, going. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you you have quite a fascinating story. Like you, you're a veteran yourself, right? I think from, from the Marine Corps. Yeah. And... And how the hell did you get into psychedelics? I mean, that's not something you hear every day. How did that happen, brother? Well, there's not, I don't think there's a real direct relationship. Um, I mean, yeah, my, my, my dad was in the military straight, straight after the Second World War. Uh, he went to England. So oh, damn. 
straight as soon as, as he got liberated uh, for his military training and because uh, he could still fight the Japanese, you know. So long story short, he was in the military all his life, you know, he didn't know any better. And I grew up, uh, uh, you know, with my, with my dad in the military. And uh, so I didn't really have a philosophical objection to the military. Uh, yeah. as, a, as a violent uh, organization, a violence organization, really, you know, to be, you know, to be quite open about it. And, yeah. and so, so when I was young, I didn't really excel in, uh, in academia and uh, I was uh, already traveling a lot. I was doing a lot of mountaineering and a lot of long distance running. And, and then I was like, okay, can I really do this? You know, and I thought the selection was very, uh, very hard. And then the training was very hard. And I bet it seems like a very interesting uh, job to have when you are an insecure guy that is very fit, uh, yeah. uh, you know, eager to uh, put your mark on the map and play yeah. a role. So I thought if I can ski in the Arctic and jump out of planes and swim out of submarines and run on a beach in the tropics and climb mountains. Oh yeah, where where do I uh, sign up? <laughs> you know, if I can get paid, you know. Otherwise, I have to pay to do these things. You know, so in <laughs> that true. spirit, in that spirit, <laughs> I, uh, I I signed up, uh, and I stayed in there for four years. It was a standard contract, and I mean, it was a very very interesting a very shaping experience you know so in which way yeah in a way that you can get that you get drilled a certain way yeah you know? so looking back now with the knowledge i have now i think they're really rewriting your programming you know like for eight weeks without the weekends for eight weeks you're in a forest and you sleep between one or three hours a week and for the rest a week <laughs> I never you thought do what the fuck <laughs> okay so so you know this is just to 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 condition you know uh, yeah. uh, soldiers or marines to go past thinking and to drill things that if the, when the shit hits the fan that you can do stuff on automatic pilot you know and so Damn, you don't yeah. really have to fall back on okay what did the book say you know that you keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it uh, you know, like a robot. And uh, damn, you're a tough motherfucker. Like one, one to three hours per week yeah, for two yeah. months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy fuck, bro! Yeah. Right, but sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. It's just that. Yeah, that no worries. Crazy. You know, and the, the whole, the whole, the whole uh, selection was with eighty people, and that was a two-day psychological thing. And only two people came through, and then I got into a class of twenty-seven, and then only mm -hmm. made the final. Uh, 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 training, you know, seven, and then, yeah, and then you and then you have to start, you know, so then you go to, to the Alps or to Scotland and then you go to Norway above the polar circle or you go to the Caribbean and you did, I did jungle training in Belize jungles. I went to Martinique for commando training, I went to Iraq and Turkey in the first Gulf War. Uh, I uh, yeah, you, wow. you get pretty busy. I lived in the Caribbean for for about for about nine months uh, in the Curacao, which is a lot of fun. You know, a lot of sun, a lot of beaches, and a lot of booze. Well, 
<laughs> or terrible, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, when you're young and you're happy and you, uh, uh, yeah, you, you don't, you're not risk averse. You don't yeah. have a philosophical issue with it, you know, then, uh, then it, uh, it can be like in the movies that it's, uh, that it's fun also. But yeah, yeah. So what I learned later is that, of course, like after 20 years, I got into contact with old buddies of mine. And then I realized that a lot of them actually had quite serious mental health uh, problems. Like 20 years after the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I never really initially understood why that was the case, you know. Mm. And, uh, but later I learned more and more and more about it. Uh, and yeah, as a at one point, I, I after even including the military, I I, tra I lived out of a backpack, traveled the world for about ten years. Mm. And, uh, I went, uh, you know, through. I, I did a lot of jungle trekking in Borneo. I uh, did a lot of uh, sailing in the Caribbean and a lot of mountaineering all over the place. You know, in the Andes, cool. and, uh, a lot of trekking in the Himalayas, and also you know, uh, every 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 winter I went to the Alps to do ice climbing. So I had a pretty active lifestyle, and and at one point, uh, um, yeah, I decided to uh, to uh, to play normal, and, uh, and that was uh, when a I nice was, way of putting it. I, <laughs> yeah, but that was exactly it, you know. And uh, but but you have to recognize that you're that you're playing a role, you know, and uh, especially yep. in the military, I was definitely playing a role, you know. It was just an act. You know, and I had yeah. fun. And uh, but yeah, then I started a business. Uh, it was a uh, it was a web technology business, but then this was you know in the first internet boom. You know, so what just, what kind of technology? Yeah. What kind of technology was it? Yeah, internet technology, web technology. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was uh, back in the late nineties, and uh, mm. last century, and. Uh, <laughs> 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 the old days <laughs> and then uh, man i'm i'm turning thir thir i'm turning 31 in, in a couple in a couple of months i was like damn really at the 90s that far away it's like yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's it's a crazy it's kind of a crazy feeling but it's not that long ago but it was a completely different world yeah. like yeah. big time anyway yeah, uh, yeah. and uh so yeah, that 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 went very well, and uh, ultimately I left my business, uh, sold my shares, and and then uh, yeah, I had these different type of jobs where I was uh, you know seen as a as a as a consultant, and so I had many many yeah. different roles doing the same type of work, you know, be it a project manager or a marketing manager, all had to do with technology, and a lot of these startups got a lot of investments and then I came in and I said, okay, let's do it this way. Let's do it that way. Let's make it work this way. So I hired all the designers, hired all the programmers. I told yeah. them how to, to make their money with the, all kinds of business models. And this worked for publishing, scientific publishing, uh, genealogy projects with the government, uh, gaming, uh, financial transactions for festivals and stuff and ticketing. And, uh, a lot of other stuff and uh man you, you're living an active life yeah yeah i'm not afraid to fail because uh yeah 
and then uh, the only way is up. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way of putting it, yeah. Well, sure. I, heard a quote of, I heard a quote of uh, Churchill the other day. I don't know, I don't remember who said it. The success is uh, what happens in between failures. Nice, yeah. And nice one. Seeing it like this big accomplishment, like a big mountain, and all this stuff, you know, you have to keep trying. It's it's like it's like a startup, you know. It's it's running and and adjusting the course, you know. True. You know, yeah. running and steering, and and yeah. So at the end of this career that I that I had, you know. Uh, mm. I got into situations where, yeah, it was just a different type of people and they didn't really resonate with me. Yeah. Uh, I was used to working in really, really, really great teams where there's a lot of trust, a lot of teamwork. And, yeah. Uh, obviously starts off with the, with the military that you're totally conditioned to give trust, to receive trust and, and rely on others. And, uh, yeah, and this carried on a long time. And a lot of times I was responsible for the people in my organization or in my department. I was always also hiring people. Uh, yeah. But at one point that wasn't the case anymore. And I was more higher up on the ladder, you know. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, you work for directors and owners. And if they don't really understand their own business very well, uh, yeah, the response varies, you know. and. And I felt like a Labrador in a snake pit sometimes. And yeah, at one point, uh, sitting uh, with a friend who was really, really into self-development and uh, she actually pointed out that there was this drug and if I've ever read about it and it seems to have really positive effects on people. And I never really did that type of thing, you know, I was- yeah. I enjoyed my beer, you know, I had a lot of high five funs in bars and going out, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, uh, easily uh, acting like a clown, you know, after two, three beers, you know, happy go luck. Of course, brother. We all did it. <laughs> it it yeah. can be fun. It can be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know, I was blessed in the, in the sense that, you know, I never had problems that deep that that was ever an issue, you know, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. But I did notice that when I had these uh, demanding jobs, yeah, uh, working every day with a uh, hundred political emails, you know, and then you have to cover your ass at every corner. Yeah. That I had to really smoke a joint when I came home to be really present with my kids back then, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then looking back, you know, I would have never met Called it a mental health issue, but, but a stress issue, you know. But that's how it starts; it sneaks in. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So looking back, uh, that's that's I think that's where 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 it started to slide, and then I think later, uh, yeah. Also, my relationship was not really in a good place, and I experienced a lot of distress, and which I really was in denial about. And but you know, and then I decided to get informed about this uh, miraculous uh, story that I heard about a drug that you can do and it has a positive effect on your personality and apparently it has all kinds of uh, properties that just sound absolutely ridiculous, you know? Which sounds sometimes too good to be true, right? Yeah. It's like this can't be. <laughs> so I, I didn't know anyone that knew what that was, you know? There was no one in my entire tribe that even heard of it. Except how many years how many years back is that now 
Yeah, that was that must have been the end of 2012. All right. Okay. So okay. The end of the yeah. Arctic, as the Mayans say. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, finally, that's the light. Well, <laughs> Thank God. I swear to God, on uh, January 9, uh, 2013, I uh, I had seen uh, like uh, 80 testimonials on video on YouTube about people that that had done it. So at one point, I decided to go and do it. And uh, by the way, what are we are we talking about about mushrooms like uh, right now? Or I had done mushrooms before, yeah, uh, which was always a lot of fun, uh, but I never understood they had any mystical properties or, mm. or okay therapeutic effect it was just like a beer got it you know, it was yeah you get, get fucked up a little to see colors and to just <laughs> you know and it was yeah. just an alternative that felt a little bit more healthy but once i went to a party i had a, a light dose of, uh, of, of mushrooms and mm -hmm. i just felt like <sighs> I needed a breath of air, you know, and it was mm -hmm. only slight discomfort. And if I had only known that I could sit in the grass for five minutes and take a break and then feel better, I felt awkward all night. And it it was no big thing, but I, I really said, okay, um, I didn't touch it for 10 years. So after 10 years, oh wow, okay, a new situation came came to pass, and yeah. that was ayahuasca and i was like i what and you know and it was <laughs> and it was a it was a brew made from a vine by indians in the amazon and it contained this mysterious uh psychedelic and yeah. it had to do with the pineal gland and then you look up the pineal gland and the shape is of a pine cone and then you start to look for pine cones everywhere in in symbols and then, uh, uh, you know, and uh, you're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> you're going down the rabbit hole. And then I know what you mean. It yeah. is one thing to read about it. And then, you know, I decided to go and do it. To be quite honest, I, I understood from a mental capacity what I thought that was going to happen, mm. what the experience actually is like. Uh, is you know you think uh, you get a puddle but you wind up with a sea you know or with an ocean you know yeah. it is unimaginable and it feels so more real than this reality and all of a sudden you're in another dimension there is an other entity that communicates with you obviously it's a she and she is benevolent you know and almighty and I was shown, you know, my my dark side, you know, mm. and you know, in in plain English, how much of a dick I could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that was so conf confrontational and also upsetting that emotional. Yeah. I felt like a dog that was grabbed by the neck and have to go through his own poop, you know, after it's shit in the room. So I was like, enough is enough. I get the picture. I get the picture. But, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah. wasn't, you know, it wasn't enough. So, and uh, yeah, I, I saw my 
self out of the eyes of, of my, my then partner. And, uh, mm. and uh, yeah, and I just promised myself, you know, I would never be like that again. You yeah. Know, these are such deep experiences in an other dimension that whatever you experience there is like a DNA experience. Yeah. You know? It's not just a rationale that you contemplate, you know, that you entertain yeah. thoughts. No, it's it becomes your whole being. And yeah, in the same experience, you know, I knew that there was a lot of personality change happening because I was not in a good place for the first time in my life. Um, quick question: What 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 kind of intention did you set? Like, why did you actually? Yeah, this take is, ayahuasca. The intention was this. Hmm. Yeah, I had this. I I saw that I was re, re, responding differently to to stimuli. In my uh, yeah, and I had to yeah was brutally try to be brutally honest with myself. So yeah, I could come was 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 the following and i knew it had to be a fear because it's negative if it's positive it's love you know it can be any yeah. of love it's if it's negative it can be any leaf on the tree of fear so it yeah. was negative so it had to be a fear so i was afraid of of losing control that was the fear so i wanted to mm. lose the fear of losing control i get it that was my intention setting yeah and yeah it was It was short and effective, and ayahuasca more or less laughed me in the face. You think you think you have any control whatsoever? You know, it's just an illusion, and you're afraid of losing an illusion. And I was like, uh, 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 you know, you're like <laughs> like an ant in a cathedral, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, so that that it really showed me. A lot about psychology or in my psychology or also mm. in general i later found and then uh, yeah and, and this experience uh, yeah it's uh, it also lit it was so vivid it was like a live movie i i i found myself on the beach you know hand and knees uh, uh, in the water and and i had a i had a perspective on me but i also was me and i had to hit the water And I had to hit the water so hard and so many times that I couldn't lift my arms anymore. But that's all happening in my head. But for me, it felt real. And I get it. Process. I yeah. lost all my anger with with the world, you know. So uh, I, I am about you know banks. I was angry about the war machine, you know, with the um, arms industry, intelligence agencies. Uh, I was angry at the pharmaceutical industry. I was I was angry at everything that was wrong in with the world, you know. And but but yeah, it showed me that if you want to change the world, you just change yourself. And if you yeah. change yourself, your whole world changes. Because if you're angry, there's always enough to be angry about, you know. Uh, oh yeah. But if you just have a hula hoop around you and you say, well, okay, this is my world. I'll take responsibility for this. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Your whole world changes, definitely. So, and just like a psychedelic, only psychedelic can. Uh, yeah, some other experiences were in, very interesting. 
but most important thing that also happened was uh, that it showed me that love is the answer in a way that only psychedelics can, you know, so. And it sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? it when, when, you, when, you say, when you say it, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like I always think to myself, I, I, I sound like a hippie. Really? Damn, am I saying this? But it's true. Once you feel this, it's like, oh, my God, what was I doing? And I, it was like, oh, really? You know, I really didn't accept it, you know? And mm. I was like, really? Is it really love? Is the answer if this and this and this happens, you know? Yeah. You know? Uh, if uh, someone, uh, yeah, you can think of horrible like, things that happened, and then I would be, oh, really? Is that is that love also? The and it showed me every movie of any circumstance where I thought, well, there are special circumstances, exceptions here, and conditions here, and that all the time in everything that my brain could come up with as an as an, yeah. as an exemption it showed me that love is always the answer and yeah and once i gave in uh <laughs> i think something really shifted in me so deep i agree yeah and and i and the scary thing was that when i came home the next day Yeah, I was in tears, you know. I, I felt yeah. like a totally new person. I felt I yeah. I had played with magic and now yeah. I was living in a science fiction reality where I just had <laughs> such a deep reset. So how can I live two lives in one life? Yeah. It was a totally yeah. different consciousness. Yeah. You know? And I'm pretty sure a lot of my uh, alpha male friends uh, thought I had gone completely bananas you know and uh, you know there's no more uh, beer and tits and ass to talk about <laughs> and, yeah and uh, so yeah that deeply deeply shifted me uh, and uh, it took quite a while actually to integrate that whole process because I had no one to fall back on really yeah yeah so no one even knew what ayahuasca was or psychedelics and And, uh, you know, let alone talking other dimensions. And, and, and Dude, I can't imagine that. Like, I, that's actually, um, I, I, I started talking to my first coach, Craig Filek, who, you have a very similar vibe. I think I told you when we met in Amsterdam that you have a very similar vibe, which is very interesting. And he had his first psychedelic experience, I think, when he was 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. And he had no one to talk about as well to integrate and i'm now i'm hearing this from you and i'm just thinking that's fucked up because all i've been doing after the experience is like i stopped working i stopped going to the gym it's like i just sat around you know like eckhart tolle just sitting on a park bench just trying to figure this shit out what just happened to me talking to friends mentors like yeah. what do i make of this and what what does this mean and Wait, what does this symbol mean at this experience and damn so how did you integrate it like did you just read a lot did you just sit on it and meditate write yeah i got a lot of tips i guess offline online but for me really i i knew what i couldn't do anymore you know so i get it <laughs> life yeah so, i get it That house and that mortgage, nah, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, I did everything that we're trying to shield people against uh, with our service of integration. You know, that is to make big life decisions, you know, mm -hmm. really be there for people to to help them reflect on it and make it really practical about what they can learn from, from it and put it into practice in their normal lives. You know, before enlightenment, you chop wood. After enlightenment, you chop wood. You know, yeah. so yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I. I decided to to go and and uh, get some fresh air on my sailing yacht by uh, getting on board in Amsterdam and sailing to the Caribbean. So that took me about five to six months. And uh, you you sailed alone or like with a team or? Yeah, on my boat, and then there were crew getting on and off like hitchhikers. And, uh, yeah. Damn, yeah. man, you're you're like a textbook adventurer. That is fucking amazing. Like from all the stuff that you, or not a te not not textbook, like the archetype of an adventurer. Okay. Kind of what, what kind of stuff you're dropping today? Like went to the to the military, just sail sail through the whole world, lived here, lived there. Yeah, it's pretty. You're an adventurous soul, huh? Yeah, I think when I was 16 or something, I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this life? You know, the only thing I know for sure is that I live on Earth, so I want to see Earth before I die. And I, I, I do have an adventurous soul, I, I guess, because yeah. it's also sailing. I did it like a long time ago, also in the 90s in the Caribbean. And I was like, wow, imagine having a sailing yacht, you know, it's like a floating caravan. And all you need yeah. is the, and you can go anywhere with friends, with, you know, anywhere. I was like, wow, yeah. this is fascinating because I was always used to just going on with a backpack, you know, you can pitch a tent, but you can't do that forever. But on the sailing yacht, it's not so much camping, you know. <laughs> you have a toilet, you know, and uh, you have a roof. But I must say, you know, it's the last real wilderness out there, right? Oceans and seas. Mm. You know? It can be really rough. And I bet I traumatized the hell out of myself by uh, learning, by do doing my learning through. <laughs> You know, when I misread my first weather map and I went out, I was in a in a force nine uh, storm for five days and five nights. And slowly the whole boat was disintegrating. And it was even it was even afraid to go to go out on the deck, you know, because I mean the horizon was a circle on top of my head, you know, it was it was absolutely insane. And that that really shook me to my core. And, uh, Damn, that's that's how I learned. <laughs> but, Damn, brother, major yeah. you're you're like going to the most extreme. I'm gonna go to the military. <laughs> I'm gonna sail alone into the storm. I'm gonna try ayahuasca. God damn. Yeah. But I mean, what I what I what I did was really I wanted to put into practice what I what my intention setting was all about. Mm. You know, to lose fear of losing control and i was uh 40 45 or something yeah that age and before i did ayahuasca it would have felt like the most scary thing to start all over you know mm. at that age and let go of this whole career that you built you know with this image and this ego and uh, oh yeah 
It's uh, nice and comfortable, right? Yeah, and with an income, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then I decided. Uh, well, first I had the, the sailing experience, you know. So I had some really really interesting things happen to me on a spiritual level as well uh, in the middle of the ocean, you know. Like I had a conversation with myself as a ten-year-old, you know. And the, the awesome. ten-year-old, you know, wanted to maybe to become the marine, you know. Yeah. And, but, you know, I did so much more in my life that I had like a dialogue between the two. It was very unreal, very psychedelic. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, later I came back to the Netherlands and then, and then doors opened for me, you know. Uh, this is what I call the magic of the mushroom normally. It's about synchronicity, you know. I This is something uh, I'm so anxious to talk about like because this shit is happening a lot right now and yeah. it's sometimes you're like thinking like what the fuck is happening <laughs> <laughs> because this uh, before before you before you go into the story doesn't it feel like you can only talk about this to people who have the same experience or who get it because if you talk about this with, pe with people who don't get it it almost sounds like you're borderline crazy yeah yeah and that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, you, this is the thing. And I, I, when I talk to people and I don't really know if it really resonates, then I always apologize for the hippie talk, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. And it's only, for me, it's very hard not to use metaphors when you talk about these types of things. And a lot yeah. of people actually miss the psychological insights and they don't even yeah. understand what psychedelic experiences are like. They think yeah. oh, feel, you feel different and then you have the benefits of it. No, it's not yeah. it's the trip yeah. because you go somewhere else, you know, than yeah. just in the body, you know. So, so yeah, it's very important that if you have these type of experiences that you, when you share them, you do it with psychedelic friendly people. Otherwise, it's like a cold shower. Uh, your agree. Family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You can't even blame people, right? I mean, uh what kind of education is being done in terms of psychedelics and how they help you with your mental health? It's getting more popular over the last couple of years, I feel like, but if I look, let's, let's say you talk to a random person on the street, yeah. probably they don't have a good image of psychedelics. No. Probably they don't even have a good image of, of wheat. Right? Probably all they know is like, oh, alcohol is good. Yeah, it's, it's okay. bad for you. It's bad for you, but hey, it's legal, so it has to be the best one, right? But besides yeah. that, eh. Well, they have a controversial past, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, well, if I think, if I, if I share what I really think, I'll probably get locked up. But... Um, <laughs> oh, uh, you can I share everything here, brother. That's like, this is... Big role in our history. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they have a, a role which is described in the Dead Sea Scrolls by John Allegro, who translated one of these uh, scrolls. And that is okay. about the Essenes. And the Essenes, they really lived like Jewish monks, you know, and uh, they talk about it, you know, and and uh, they're, they're, it makes more sense when you, when you Google uh, the, the psychedelic gospels, uh, then you see a lot of examples uh, where you see Christ depicted with mushrooms. But the same goes for Judaism, the same goes for the Tibetans, the same goes for the Egyptians. 
And the Greeks uh, really did a tremendous job because they had the Eleusinian mystery schools, not for 200 years, but for 2000 years. And it makes a lot more sense that they invented democracy and justice and all these mm. other value. And even all those uh, Roman emperors like Marcus Aurelius and others, uh, they, uh, they, uh, had, they went there, you know, and Pythagoras and Plato and everyone who was anyone that would, went, uh, went to, these, uh, to, these, to these mystery schools. And what they served were, served was a brew made from barley, which is a grain, but infested with a fungus. And this is exactly how Albert Hoffman discovered LSD. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. And then there was still a thing called the Oracle, where they go into a dark room and then they consult, uh, they consult the Oracle. And, uh, and uh, even in the Vedic traditions, they have a, a, a brew called Soma, you know? So, and then, you know, you have all the art, you know, throughout the ages. It seems very yeah. festive naked for a Victorian type uh, Prudist uh, Catholic uh, <laughs> world, you know? Uh, so... Uh, yeah, that. And then, of course, there was the revival, you know, I mean, uh, I think amphetamines played a big role in both world wars, you know, they, they gave mm -hmm. a lot of soldiers amphetamines, you know, so, uh, yeah. and later, of course, uh, psychedelics, well, well, LSD was, was discovered by Albert Hoffman in 45 in Switzerland. And then, you know, they, they, he sent it all over the world to ask uh, others to experiment with it. And a lot of people did. So there, are th there were, before, before the war on drugs, there were about 40,000 studies being done into psychedelics. And one, I, you know, somewhat quite interesting uh, details, you know, like they would give mm. children with autism LSD. And a lot of them would improve their condition or they cure their condition. You know, yeah, if you're giving children psychedelics, you know, you're seen as the Antichrist. Uh, we had a professor here, Bastians, in the Netherlands, who was uh, treating Holocaust survivors with LSD. And there were a lot, a lot of positive uh, results being, uh, being done. And so when you're going off to war uh, yeah. in a country on the other side of the world that mostly comprises of jungle and you're going to defend capitalism, uh, and you're sending 60,000 conscripts, you know, people that, that have to go there, otherwise you go to jail, uh, into their desk, and you suddenly have a movement that makes people question the government, question yep. the of their decisions, and rather yep. dance on the campfire naked and listen to music and make love. Uh, yep. that, then you look a little bit too much like Jesus Christ, and they rather have you carry a gun. So this yep. whole political condemnation of psychedelics is not a scientific but a pure political move 100% i agree by, by by the us government and now we have to play pretend and uh, reinvent uh, all the science and yeah. it as a route out of their uh, out of their sin box out of their sin bin you know but they yeah. blackmailed the entire world with their war on yeah. drugs so, yeah. so so that that some people really go overboard like the philippines and malaysia and yep. Malaysia with their uh, or thailand with their obscene anti-drug laws you know and what what are they so afraid of that you find god you know through a different method than the organized church or that you <laughs> look to 
love peace a little more than you do conflict, you know? So I really appreciate the, the liberty that we live in uh, yeah. here in the Netherlands, where we still have uh, psilocybin truffles that are legal yeah. uh, because the mushrooms apparently were too dangerous at one point through also international pressure from France after yeah an incident with a with a girl that uh, that died after she fell you know and uh, and ayahuasca got also made illegal a couple of years ago and uh, not not nothing had to do with science it was just of course not emotional uh, it was an emotional dialogue you know that sort of yeah. thing you know and uh, so i think that you have to really uh, choose Either you're going to go for science and you follow that route, or everything is going to be completely emotional and we're going to live in chaos. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think, so think government uh, needs to really follow the science. And, uh, yeah. and I think uh, the future of, 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 of psychedelics uh, look, looks very promising, although capitalism yeah. has a big part to play and there's always a downside and a, and a dark side to it. But, oh yeah, but it's a luxury that we couldn't have imagined, you know, like ten years ago. You know, so totally, I I, uh, I have to agree with you. I mean, if you um, look at the science or the uh, in, insane amount of studies that that has been done over the last couple of years, I mean, it's get it's getting more and more. And uh, I was very scared to try psychedelics because. I was more, oh, I still am more on the cautious side, right? I don't just want to be like, hey, give me five grams of mushrooms or smoke some DMT without knowing anything about it. But after a while, once you go down the rabbit hole, I start to think, why the fuck is this illegal? What? If we really want to help people, I think you told me once, it's, it, it's like the cure for cancer in the mind. It's like the cure for mental cancer. And that is how I feel about it as well. If you look at, um, I love the work of uh, uh, Gabor Mate, yeah. who is doing a lot of stuff in, in Canada and the stuff he's doing with, with ayahuasca uh, in, 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 in with people who um, have traumatic, had traumatic experiences or who um, have a history of drug abuse. If you look at the results, it's, it's, it's literally too good to be true if, if you read it. Like one or two sessions, I, I just watched his movie a couple of weeks ago, The Wisdom of Trauma, um, where this where he talks with this one guy who had uh, prostate cancer. He was this overachiever, always doing more, more, more. And he had prostate cancer, got surgery. And at first they thought, oh, okay, the cancer is gone, but it came back with a vengeance, not just prostate but suddenly it was in the lungs in the spine in the hips everywhere so you couldn't um just operate on it and he was finally forced to look at his emotional issues that he tried to overcompensate with the whole career thing and i think he did one one ayahuasca session and the cancer went away because he fixed his emotional issues and if you read stuff like this yeah um there's no sane reason why this should be banned or why this shouldn't be uh, worked with in a, in a safe setting. Definitely. Well, if we look at the current state of the world, I think uh, money and <laughs> of, of, of illness and, and the pharmaceutical industry 
yeah. a bigger role to play. So it is called this ease for a reason. Starts mm. between your ears, and it may take thirty years to uh, to 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 manifest. But ultimately, you know, it can manifest. All these chronic illnesses, they yeah. might have a a biochemical uh, condition in which they can flourish but yeah i feel that uh, we will learn that it might even have a mental cause or an emotional cause oh yeah trauma based cause <laughs> and therefore uh, i think uh, that psychedelics uh, and mental health are just the tip of the iceberg agree yeah because if you agree look at the existing testimonials of these people that that uh, were victims of cancer and they received uh, for not for the cancer of course uh, god forbid uh, but for end of life distress uh, yeah felt uh, this one dose of uh, psilocybin and that those testimonies you know they are really tear-jerking emotional testimonies you know and you yeah. know it, it doesn't matter if you believe them, but if you see it, you believe that they believe it, you know? Yeah. Apparently, it was so terminal, that cancer, that 10 years later, they're still standing on stage talking about that first experience, you know? <laughs> so, uh, let's yeah. uh, keep the whole picture in mind, you know? But, you know, this is, I think psychedelics are hard to research because a lot of people fear them. They don't mm. have a mechanical function, you know. It's not just that you know the the the, the molecule goes to to the to the H to serotonin receptor, and then this happened and that happened, and we see blood flow in the brain, so we know that you're thinking of this, and then that happens. You know, we don't yeah. even know how dreams work. We don't even know how memory is stored. You know, we 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 hardly figure out psychiatry. You know, it's just about drugging up people. But like yeah. Gabor said, everything is about trauma. We are pure light tainted by traumatic experiences. And yeah. that creates our own specific, unique neurological prison, you know, based on our coping mechanisms and defensive mechanisms, you know. And, True. And they don't benefit you over a lifetime, you know. And uh, that that's not how psychology you know, views it or psychiatry looks at it. And I and I don't think all psychiatric conditions are, are based that way, but I think psychology in generally in general is based that way. Oh yeah. Different personality traits and you can think certain things are genetic. No, they are cultural, you know? Yeah. If, uh, if you grow up with a father that is very distressed and uh, and traumatized, you are going to be have the same type of communication skills tell tell me about it <laughs> yeah. it goes onto your kids as well you know yeah and uh you don't all and you also things that hurt you you're going to do the same to 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 others you know 100 and in some way you mean you learn the lesson and then you're going to project that shit onto others as well and this is normal yeah. human behavior but if you don't break the cycle you can call it genetic and you call it a deviation and you can medicalize it but unless yeah. we all take leadership of our own healing, we have to. You have to break the cycle, and then you stop it. You know. Agree. And with psychedelics, I was talking to, uh, uh, yeah, to a friend, 
and she she was explaining uh, that uh, about her first ever psychedelic experience was also uh, an ayahuasca experience, and uh, that was an experience where she saw that the trauma that she was experiencing, the blockage, uh, that it wasn't hers. It was something that was <laughs> in her yeah. lineage uh, that, 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 that caused it. And at the same time, the shaman that was present approached her and she started yeah. talking about that exact specific uh, subject and, and they invited her spirit and then healed her trauma. You know, this type of thing, normal doctor or person even listens to these type of <laughs> get the hell out of here you know? exactly it's so yeah. alien you know and when you look at all, all these companies raising money to do all this research and they pretend that uh, you know with dmt or psilocybin or lsd or any other type of variant compound you can cure eating disorders and depressions and anxieties and OCD and all. I don't know what, what, what you have. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can all cure those things because they're, most of them are trauma-based. Totally. All have to with a lack of self-love and they all have to yep. do with fear of losing control. You know? yep. and, and, and only on a deep, deep level, which I call mostly like a soul level, if you really have a breakthrough experience. Yeah, like, agree. Yeah, you can heal that, but it's not like you pop a pill and then your headache cures, you know? <laughs> no. The experience that you can ever have as a human being. And when you have it, you're no longer a human being. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it, it's, for me, it was tough. Like, it was tough. It, it still is tough because I feel like the, mo the biggest part of it is actually the integration afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. they... I mean, I haven't done ayahuasca yet, so I can't speak speak to that. But the mushroom experience um, was just, yeah, the first 30 minutes were just difficult. Then when I was, when I let go, it was amazing, but also difficult because of what it showed me. But just the integration, I can tell you over the last two months, like my, my intention was to heal, right? To, to heal my heart. And um over the last two months, I've, I think I've never cried this much in my life, like like in the last two months. Not a depressed crying, like oh yeah, but a healing crying. A lot of stuff coming out, a lot of talking, a lot of writing, a lot of meditating, just just sitting, literally just for hours sitting there and just feeling what's happening inside and noticing something is changing and uh it's tough, man, but amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Well, I'm proud of you, man, that you do this, that, that, that it happens, because it's so counterintuitive. Eh? So yeah. we, we obviously, and thank God, you know, there's a lot of attention for, for women suffering and the Me Too movement. And, you know, but uh, obviously that is caused by, by generations of men that aren't really dealing with their mental issues, you know. And uh, so... We have all these acts of how to be a man, and then it's carried by a, by a little inner child, you know. It doesn't. Oh, that's a nice way, nice way of putting it. Yeah. So, so we are all, you know, doing by learning or learning by doing, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's so courageous, you know, to to say it out loud that uh, that it's okay to cry, 
because we all sweep all that shit every day under the carpet, you know, until ultimately we have a mountain with a rug over it, you know? Yeah. That's that we call normal. You know, yep. what it really does is addresses everything, every little piece of dust and the elephant in the room. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, you can have a good cry because we skip those cries, we skip the processing, we put a lid on it, we keep on walking, we keep we take it on the chin. You know, uh, take it like a man and all kinds of absurdities that we have grown to accept as culture and normal. Well, yeah. really, you know, uh, you can be strong and sensitive at the same time. You know, I would even, hey man, I would even say I got way stronger through this. I mean, I've been a huge fan of meditation for, for years, and this is like one of the main things I teach my clients. But I told you when I came to Amsterdam that it's as if there was like a wall I couldn't get through, yeah. right? No matter how much I meditate, no matter uh, what kind of teachers I, I sought out, I felt it was the right point to start taking psychedelics because I couldn't get any further or my, my subconscious wouldn't let me in. Yeah. It was just like, hey, uh, now you have to take a, a different step. Um, and what I noticed, the more... I don't even know if sensitive is the right word, but the more I opened up, yeah. that's how I like to put it. The more I opened up, um, the more I become a tough motherfucker. That, that's how I really would put it. Um, business is going better. I started this, right? The English podcast, which I wanted to do for years, but I was too scared. Uh, I started doing martial arts. Uh, I had, I was just, purely honest with what was going on inside of me with my friends or mentors or acquaintances not this ego thing right trying to put something under the rock like no let's let's not talk about this but just hey i'm scared of this hey or hey i didn't like how you treated me there or i would actually love to do this but i feel there's this resistance inside of me can we talk about it before with certain things you you close up you tend to close up and try to hide it but yeah nah that's not the way to go that's not the way you to go perspective you know this is a, this is so great that you have to have the perspective like i i i i am just getting conscious about the fact that i i still have a hard time expressing my needs you know because if i, I get it needs, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I feel like a little bitch whining you know <laughs> Yeah, and this, this is all behavior, you know, from the military, you know, like express my needs, you know, you do do what you need, what needs to be done, let's let's do it, you know, and and so this is really not uh, not not helping me, you know, it's yeah. it's so intelligent to be able to say what you just said or what you just did, you know, really affects me and how I feel, you know, and yeah. it does me like. I skip it and have an emotional reaction all of the time still, you know? And yeah. And also about setting boundaries. I big one. Yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole advertising for this military career was like, push your boundaries, you know, push your borders, you know, you want to be able to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Then you can, and you don't have a clue where your own boundaries are only yeah. when it's almost too late. Do you feel that, oh my God, I, I went way off the reservation here, you know? Yeah. You have to backpedal, you know? So I think a lot of people or a lot of men uh, have, uh, have uh, shared these, these, these experiences, especially 
from a military uh, type background. And yeah. I think, uh, it's a superpower to have those uh, really fine tuned. Yeah. That's a nice. It is a superpower, uh, especially what I noticed um, is you feel the energy of the person you're talking to way more intense. Yeah. yeah. It's like a six, like a sixth sense. You you feel what is going on inside them, and you feel if they are honest with you or not, if, there's, if they keep something back, if they hold something back, yeah. because you know how it feels when you do it. You're like, ah, I, I know what you're doing. Yeah. 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 I, you don't want to... I, I understand it completely, what you're saying. You just read people's energy. You know exactly when they hit the brakes or not. You know why they hit the brakes. You know they, yeah. why they have inhibitions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what's the crazy thing? Like... Um, when because I this resonates with me the actually communicating my needs or setting proper boundaries um, that that it comes out if you don't do that it comes out in subconscious ways in in covert ways right that it's not like oh I'm not gonna fulfill my needs no no you you suppress it but then it comes out in very manipulative ways very very vicious ways for example I I I'm reading um, I don't know if you know it, um, uh, Dr. Robert Glover, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Um, I'm reading it a second time right now. And I'm thinking to myself, God, I'm such a bitch. Because, because it's all these, all these um, coping mechanisms that actually shield your real needs because yeah. you're, you're, you're closing up and then you, you have these covert contracts that what he call that's what he calls them you are not consciously telling somebody your needs or you're not consciously telling somebody when somebody stepped over a boundary you're like put, pushing it down but then you act it out in more subconscious manipulative ways which actually harm yourself and the relationship so it's like dude if you want to man up like we actually as if we could re re uh redefine what manning up means it's like handle your shit like <laughs> handle your shit <laughs> yeah no exactly i mean this is really really profound and i yeah the more and more you see 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 men groups you know really really going for it yeah more, and more people embracing uh therapy or personal development or even psychedelics you know and uh yeah of course I've been privileged to witness so many miracles, you know, in people. It's just unbelievable, you know. What? Why are people coming to, to you actually? What? What are their in, intentions? What's? What draws them to psychedelics? Because I know my my intention. I know the stories from friends or mentors of mine. But you have, a, I mean, you work with with hundreds of people, with hundreds of people. So, what drives them to do this? Um. Um, yeah, I mean, these reasons are as diverse as there are people. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people come because they are already doing a lot of self-development and trying to spiritually grow. Mm. And then they get stuck at one point, you know, just yeah. generally, you know, and yeah. people come for that. Then there's also people that 
are suffering, you know, sometimes more depressive episodes or, mm. you know, they sometimes experience some, some anxieties, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and they can have huge benefits, you know, by, 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 by psychedelic experience, which is framed, you know, with the intention setting and such. I think it's, uh, it can be positive. But, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not for everyone. And, uh, mm. and, but we've seen some super interesting intention settings. You know, we have had people that wanted to communicate with their ancestors and they did. And we wanted to we nice. had people that wanted to know if their loved ones who were deceased were in a good place. You know, they were nice. You know, we had people that wanted to do it from a professional point of view and wanted to have more insight into social psychology. Well, he wasn't disappointed. So there was there's so many types of 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 of, of reasons why what people will do it. Some some to 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 just get the experience mm-hmm. from a professional point of view uh, because they are busy with cultural change in organizations, you know and uh, hmm. But as you know, you know, it's not just nice to know, you know, (laughs) it's not like reading a book, it's a psychedelic experience. Yeah. It will, it will leave you standing there, you know, trembling (laughs) like a sheep. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that is just incomprehensible and, and unable to put it into words, you know, so. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of different uh, unique uh, personalities with a lot, with as many different intention settings, with a broader range of things mm. that I think generally come down to ultimately self acceptance, self love. Yeah, and and you know also fear of losing control uh, issues. You know. Yeah. And that is also a lot of the reason why a lot of people will never do it, you know, fear of losing control. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's about this experience that that you let go of the wheel, crawl into the back seat, open the window, enjoy the ride, you know, for a day. Yeah. And that yeah. letting go of the wheel, pressing your nose against the windshield, uh, will allow you to look at your journey. Yeah. Uh, uh, from a different perspective, you know, and it will yeah. open uh, more doors to your hearts than your mind ever could, you know. And, uh, oh yeah, completely different. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's in it's in every language, you know. Follow your heart, listen to your gut, you know. And, yeah. and all we do is is try and overthink everything, and we come depressed, you know. Yeah. And that's not really working out, you know, because you can't figure it all out. You know, sometimes chess is an intuitive game. You know, you can't. Oh yeah. You know. True. Um, yeah, and I think we're we're in a in a world today where we 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 love the mind or not love, but we treat the mind as the answer to everything. Yeah. You know, like like oh, can we can we talk about it rationally? Can we measure it? Can we put it in certain scientific terms can we put it in this box basically right um which is with a good intention but like you said it it has its limits yeah it has its limits because uh first of all uh, people are doing it and if you have a career as a scientist it is uh, mostly about a certain theory about a hypothesis or 
or a, a specific paradigm, you know? And if you have to, if you dis start discovering evidence that might suggest uh, you were wrong all along, yeah. you know, uh, you were on soapbox, uh, then, you know, it has to do with ego, you know? And, oh, yeah. And if we are very open, if, if science is so open, then yeah. why don't we study consciousness as a faculty? Why is yeah. it like a fluke thing, you know? Yeah. It's placebo like, treated like an anomaly, you know? Yeah. Apparently, positive thinking can do a lot, you know? Oh, so, yeah. So, and if you look in the past uh, from Plato to look into the current... Uh, quantum physics type uh, of uh, experiments where 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 consciousness is at the basis of of all that they, that is you know and you find it in the hindu genesis you find it in so many uh philosophies and uh, yeah disciplines uh, that it would justify that uh, we take consciousness and we study it but there's already a 100% mystical experiences that uh, psychedelics cause. You know, there's a whole group of scientists that want to dismiss it. Really? But uh, yeah, and there's a counter movement also. Uh, thank God for that. But, uh, and you know, you have to just question it. You have to question it. Like, like a good scientist, you have, you have to question it. Exactly. And I don't, I don't, I don't buy it that consciousness is just a byproduct of, of uh, our body, our nervous it's system. A byproduct of a, of a of a biochemical reaction by a piece of meat in your head, you know. Exactly. There's a little bit more going on because if it was so simple, you know, uh, it's like it's like finding trying to find the man inside the radio, you know, easier. Yeah. You know, yeah. so this is interesting. You know, it has nothing to do with science, but it has to do with experiences that we see in many, many people that there is this sense of oneness and this mm. of knowledge mm. that really has a parallel to the Akasha records. You know, a lot of people go there within psychedelic experiences where. Yeah all knowledge resides of anything that ever was and anything that ever could be. Yeah. And then you can experience that and then you have to come back to reality and there's nothing that sticks. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is yep. a very common occurrence. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love these sort of experiences, you know, I, 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 Same. I want to experience it. I, I want it for them, you know. Uh, uh, sometimes I wish people would just have 10 seconds or one minute of, of one of my experiences just so they know, you know? I mean, what, what did Tens McKenna say? I mean, all the skeptics, like DMT, it's like 10 minutes. You don't, you don't have 10 minutes? Yeah. Just, it's just 10 minutes, man. You smoke it real quick. <laughs> After 10, 10 minutes. World, it's 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like, hey, so time is not a factor. Like after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're, you're, you're back again. I mean, yeah, it maybe feels different, but if you just look at the watch, if you're really this skeptic or this... this... Your reality, your emotions do. So yeah. you can be gone for 10 minutes, but what it lacks in length, it compensates in depth, you know? So yeah. my, large, my biggest dose, my, my biggest or deepest psychedelic experience of the last year 
was five mm. meo uh, DMT Bufo by the toad. Mm. It was my second time. It lasts uh, ten minutes. That's true. But, uh, it's uh, it's enough to make you see reality different for the rest of your life. Mm. And then there need not even be a psychological effect. You know, it's enough to yeah. It's so hard to describe because in the most simplistic terms, you see the light, but that light is everything. You know, you can't even honor it by describing it in words. It is just such mm. a occurrence that you know that that light is behind everything there is. And it's just the creator, it's the source, it's it's consciousness itself, it's, it's love. Mm. And I think we are all fractions of this light somehow at a soul level, you know? You, have, you really have to go overboard spiritually to try and explain the experiences that you have on on these sub compounds because i yeah well dmt i i don't even call it a psychedelic i, I call it a portal you know you you mm. out of your body you inhale it you exhale it last thing you see is reality falling apart in information like a matrix and and, and then and then your mind your consciousness is just flying through the cosmos you know it's just a totally different what, what, were you scared doing it because you yeah. already had a yeah totally utterly i i was so scared and the first time i did it i wasn't scared because i didn't know what i was getting into and uh, <laughs> also that was your, your second time this, this, this year time, yeah, like a couple of years ago i did it i did it outdoors looking looking into uh, agricultural uh landscape looks really mm -hmm. pretty nature and and sun setting and I was sitting down with the shamans. On the inhale, you can still see, and automatically you see, oh yeah, on the inhale, I saw as though it was three-dimensionally made up of transparent pixels, and you didn't see them until they moved, and then they moved, and everywhere in this whole landscape in front of me, light started appearing between those little pixels. And, and then I was like in shock. I was like, oh, heaven is just here. It's just a different frequency. And this light was growing stronger and stronger. And I was, had my eyes open and I looked at my hands and my arms. And I saw myself be dissolved in this white light. And the last thing I remember of the onset of this experience was that I was completely dissolving in this light. And then I clearly remember that I thought, oh my God, I know this place. I have been here forever, you know? And that is coming home. That is the most strange thing, you know, because yeah. of my life, I am a lucky bastard. Yeah. I have, I have a child I love so much. I have people that love me. I can share all the love I have with people that I really care about. I, I am happy on earth, you know, and yeah. I'm so privileged. I am so privileged and grateful. But when you have that experience, it's not that you feel nice and you, that you come back again, you know, it's not an ecstasy pill. 
yeah it, you're not there anymore you know you yeah. go to a different place at a soul level yeah you know? this is something that i th i think that science has a hard time wrapping its head around or formulating <laughs> it. Yeah. you know we just note what they say you know it's interesting <laughs> to because ancient scriptures have tried to map what happens at the other side of the curtain you know mm -hmm. so you have the city of Luz, i think in uh in the Kabbalah tradition, you know, and uh, there's a whole route. But it's it's yeah. super interesting if you listen to these DMT experiences, you know, also from this documentary, uh, The Spirit Molecule. It's mm. absolutely fascinating, you know. The you spirit, know, I didn't know that. Let me just write this down. DMT, but... The Spirit Molecule, is uh, it's already so... an old docu documentary, but it is one of the most fascinating documentaries out there because. Damn. It, allows you to have a whole new idea about what consciousness is yeah how does how does dmt relate to because all i can relate this to is the, the mushroom experience and yeah. i felt the same feeling that you felt that you just described like i totally forgot that i took mushrooms it was just pure consciousness in this insanely great hall and all i could think was thank god i woke up what a weird dream being human, <laughs> like, what a weird dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so funny. The other day I had a client and he was just lying there in bliss. And out of the blue, he said, yeah, I don't really know if I can do this for, for another 100,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, man, you only have like two hours to go. You're, you're okay. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just such an alien concept <laughs> that you can leave your body, you know, and you can travel to what, what we refer to as another dimension, or yeah, you know, try to make it light, and a lot of times I just call it La La Land, or uh, the other side of the curtain, or what have you. Yeah. But obviously, what, what is absolutely fascinating is that psychedelics don't reward you for bad behavior when you got away with it. They are a fine-tuned soul-level calibration of a moral compass. Show <laughs> you mm. how you hurt yourself and how that yeah. mechanism is hurting others. Yeah. So in yeah. a holistic version, it allows you to be more kind to yourself and others. Yeah. And how is that even possible on a biomechanical level? You know, it's yeah. not, you know, so it's super fascinating uh, to try and understand the magic of it. Yeah. That, that, that spelling and magic and manifesting and all these things and being in synchronicity with the universe, yeah. having all these coincidences happen. It's a really interesting thing if you look at at, 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 at history, you know, mm. to play how that is, how that is, uh, what the meaning is of certain wor words, you know, like like a spell, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's and a lot of times it's already in our language, you know, just like diseases or a spell or a jinx, you know, all these things. Why, why do you think we have lost contact with this so much? Because yeah. I, I feel like, and I can only know, I can only speak from my experience or from, from people in my community or, or friends or acquaintances that um, 
this whole let's call it soul or spiritual aspect um i don't want to say got suppressed because i don't know if there's like volition behind it that somebody wants to do it but we disconnected from it big time yeah we're disconnected from it i think through uh, intentional culture and repression i think uh, the romans couldn't uh, eradicate this uh, christian cult so at one point they embraced it and said okay but only this version is allowed and all other religions were not allowed you know and this became mm. the roman catholic church you know so there's only one way through god and that's through mm. and if you look at ayahuasca it's a, it, it, the, the the embodiment of this spirit is a snake it's a reptile mm-hmm. oh well it's interesting to put the reptiles uh, center stage in the human history and evolution uh because we look like a reptile you know when we are a couple of weeks old and mm. uh, why are reptiles celebrated in the east you know they are the positive spirit you know like the dragon mm. in east yeah it reminds me of Kund- kundalini energy right it's, yeah. it's a snake as well that travels up the spine life energy and it's yeah. called orgone and chi and prana in many cultures different cultures different words but in the west it isn't because what do we celebrate on saint patrick's day we booze ourselves into on subconsciousness because uh saint patrick drove the snakes from ireland and uh, saint george uh, killed Mm. the dragon or the snake all the ways there is a christian hero you know killing snakes and dragons while they really represent the ongoing cycle of consciousness, you know, through a different skin. You know? Like the Ouroboros, right? Yeah, like the Ouroboros. Yeah. It's in my logo. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's like, you know, it's almost Christmas. What do we have in our living room? <clears throat> the only tree that is green forever. And what does it have on its peak? You know, it has the northern star, the biggest in our solar system, the basis of it all, according to certain traditions. You know, and what is lying underneath in red and white, they are the gifts. What are the gifts? They are the Amonita muscaria mushrooms. You know, these are the Siberian shamanic traditions. So they are really pagan traditions Hmm. that have survived or been embraced by the catholic uh, culture that we we all have but we forget the true meaning you know Hmm. so there are really spiritual messages in my view and uh, Mm -hmm. so i see a very large imprint in our history and culture of psychedelics and uh, more than Yeah, I mean, I heard a quote once. I don't know um, who it's from. Um, we we all need spirituality, or yeah, we need spirituality. But the churches have done uh, a terrible job at it. Yeah, yeah. Because we we need it. Like there's no way around it. If you feel this disconnect, if you don't feel connected, nothing can nothing comes close to it. Doesn't matter. What kind of people you have in your life? What kind of career you have? If you're healthy, if 
you achieve every goal and every dream you ever had. If you feel disconnected, life is hell. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real traumatic uh, yeah. event. Uh, look, if, uh, if, if churches would uh, allow psychedelics back back into the dialogue you know and imagine having a cathedral with a choir and there you jesus go. christ man. you know <laughs> people would find god and keep coming you know yeah and, you, and, and i'm sure that if you are the head of this church and and you can do a sermon or something and you do psychedelics that is going to be something that is going to bring people together and not the divide and not, yeah. uh, you know, so, but I that was sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you know, that was when, um, when the mushrooms really, I don't want to say kicked in, you know, the same with trip. I don't really like the word trip. It sounds like, oh, I'm tripping boy. Um, but I was in this huge, insanely big hall. I just called it the great hall. And you know what I thought? Oh, I understand churches now. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. It's 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 it, buildings to they and they try to honor this and the best way to try to manifest it in this three dimensional world is building these huge halls where it's just you you enter them and you're just in awe. Yeah. Yeah. They used to swing. They have these things where they swing this smoke. Yeah. It used to be sage. You have two types of sage. One is psychedelic. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I really wonder that if in the old days they would use the psychedelic version, and you'd sit mm -hmm. there at these uh, glass-stained windows, and I'm pretty sure that you would absolutely experience a divinity. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I just think yeah. for some reason it got uh, it got changed. <laughs> yeah. But listen, brother. What what can we? Uh, I don't know how much how much uh, time you, you still have because we're here for one one and a half hours already. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of time. I have to pick up my daughter. Yeah, then let's wrap it up in the next couple of minutes. But um, what I'm very curious about is what what can we do to actually help this evolution take place because. I feel like more and more people are, are realizing that something is going wrong in our world and that a lot has to do with that we're disconnected, right? And more and more people are trying to connect, but that there are also forces who want to divide us, um, that people are trying to connect, that uh, spirituality is getting more and more popular. Um, if that's the right term, popular, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, there's a psychedelic revolution happening. So what can we do to actually help the evolution of this? I think uh, personal development is really at the core of it, you know, and if you want to make it even more simple, uh, just be kind. And I think the, 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 the way, I think the tool that is used by those in power is always fear. 100% agree. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, apparently all terrorism stopped. Yeah. You know, and now there's a disease, and then there's another variant of a disease. And oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it's everything's 
growing yeah. prices of fear to destabilize the herd and have them jump through the hoops. Because God forbid, if we all start to think about our own place in the universe and how we relate yeah. to others and what we want to leave behind for our children, which is yeah. a greener, bluer planet and a little yeah. less uh, yeah, toxicity, you know, yeah. in cultures or literally. Yeah. So what is it that you want to do on this planet now that you are conscious that you are living? And yeah. it doesn't matter if you believe in an afterlife or not. Do you want it? Do you want to leave it better or do you want it to be worse off because you were here you know yeah and if you can't be nice why not what's what's keeping you from being nice to yourself yeah because being nice to yourself makes you want to be nice to others yeah yeah i agree brother personal development Uh, how how what, what, how John Peterson likes to put it? Clean up your room, like yeah. fix your fix your own shit. Yeah, exactly. Make your bed and sleep in it. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Brother, man, I I would love to to talk to you for a couple more hours, but I know you um you have stuff to do. I have stuff to yeah. do. Um, going to kickboxing today. Looking forward to it, and um. It's a big fear I always had as well, thanks to the mushrooms. This like, all right, I gotta integrate this side of me as well. So yeah, let's let's do it, brother. Um, where can people find more of you? Uh, where can they contact you when they want to work with you or are just interested to learn more about psychedelics or your journey? Where, where can they reach out? Um, thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, our uh, general website is called uh, psychedelicinsights.com. Mm -hmm. Here you can find information about the service that we provide. You can check out our team uh, and you can just book a, a free uh, call with us and uh, a video call. And there we'll be happy to explain uh, uh, what we do and ask yeah. certain questions that people have. And uh, It doesn't cost anything. There are no strings attached. We're just happy to inform you. Cool. And you, you mentioned your documentary. When, yeah. when is this coming out or where is it coming yeah. out when people are, if people are interested? Yeah, this is about the veterans. It's actually uh, on a website called Psychedelic Warriors. And um, yeah, it's going to probably come out in the beginning of next year, I think. Nice. Uh, yeah, it will have a lot of uh, interviews and testimonials uh, from a lot of veterans, uh, also medical doctors, uh, uh, people that normally treat people with PTSD and they, they feel they are just drugged up, you know, mm. I think it's a holistic uh, approach and a lot of veterans that, that have had their psychedelic experience that really share what it has meant for them and how, how big a switch they made, you know, from, from, from hate to compassion, really, you know, and to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I'll, I'll put all the links um, down in the description, thanks. so it's, it's easier to find. Hey, brother, thanks for taking the time. Really enjoyed Thank talking you. to you. Brother, thanks. Big hug to you. Definitely. <laughs> sending on your podcast. Very exciting. Uh, And I would love to come again. Oh, dude, let, let's do it. Definitely. Like this is, uh, I plan on doing this for well, quite some time, I guess. So 
let's do it brother thanks for taking the time and um enjoy your day okay alexander bye man